0: What a world. Your past first point card and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube, if you're listening to my voice and haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please remedy that go now subscribe to the YouTube channel. I truly, truly appreciate it in today's show. Talk about a Blazers easy win on the road. The Orlando Magic, not a very good basketball team, and the Blazers didn't treat them like one. Went ahead and won comfortably in a game where C.J. McCollum returned for the first time since December 4th. Got back on the court. New father, C.J. McCollum, and Yusuf Nurkic went nuts. We'll talk about that game, uh, C.J. McCollum's return, obviously Nurk's big night. And then I want to close the show talking about sort of the development of what's next for Anthony Simons, who had been the man and looked like more than the man, looked like a, a truly budding star in the league, but he was without sharing the court with another sort of high usage star. Now that CJ McCollum is back, it's an adjustment for Ant. Let's talk about what that adjustment might look like to close the show. But first, let's start with the fastest recap in the West. The Blazers win 98-88. Um, game started out ugly. Blazers led 22-17 after one uh just you know neither team could could really get it going on offense that would be a theme for the night neither team finished with a uh, finished scoring more than a point per possession it was a kind of a rock fight but the blazers had bigger and better rocks in this one they led 14 or excuse me 50 they led by 14 54-40 at halftime and already had 15 and 10 at the break like he was having a monster game at already at halftime blazers didn't let orlando get in it. the third quarter led 81-61 after 3 that lead swelled to as many as 24 in the fourth quarter, and then the Blazers kind of played with their food a little bit in the final six minutes, chasing Yusuf Nurkic's um, sweet, sweet statistical symmetry, getting him that 20-20 night. Finally did it with about 2 minutes, 11 seconds left. Uh, The game got a little closer than it actually was, and that's how the Blazers cruised to the 98-88 win that was really more of a blowout than a 10-point game. That's your fastest recap in the West. Yusuf Nurkic just jumping out the box score 22 boards to go along with 21 points, two assists, four steals and two block shots. He was 10 of 21 from the floor, 0 of 3 from three, missed one of his two free throws, one of two of the line. But a 20-20 night. Um I don't even think Nurk was really good in this game. Like I you know, like I don't I, I don't think this was like um this the you, we've seen Nurk play better than this. We've seen play be- Nurk play better than this recently but this was a game where he was physically dominant against whoever they put in there uh Mo Wagner had no chance Mo Bamba had no chance Robin Lopez didn't really have much of a chance either although he was certainly Orlando's best bet just in terms of strength to to deal with Nurk Nurk just ragdolled a bunch of dudes um missed layups inside did not shoot particularly well missed a couple shots he could he can make or is capable of making um did nurk things, hurried hurried shots around the rim, flipped up underhands that you if he took takes another half step or even like a just waits a half second, it's an easier shot. He did nerk things. He misses he misses shots inside. That's kind of who he is, but he's also just like so physically dominant. Like the the like the the thing about him is that he's he's always seven foot three hundred pounds, and there's just not many dudes his size with his um sort of package of skills and when he plays with that force he can be a monster and he was an absolute monster tonight um like I said like I don't you know you you watch this game closely you weren't like Nurk is balling but you look at the box score and you kind of just you know, play close attention to what a physical, um, sort of specimen he was inside. You can appreciate how good he was in this game. A, a good Nurk Knight, the Blazers have typically won on good Nurk Knights this year, and this was they got a good Nurk Knight, but he wasn't the he wouldn't have been the big headline. He gets, you know, gets his Barbara Walters, gets his 2020. If you are too young to know the Barbara Walters reference, <laughs> that, that makes me feel a little bit old, but if you're too young to know Barbara Walters reference, she hosted a new show. I don't know, Google it. Um, but Nurk wasn't supposed to be the headliner in here, but he just blew up the box score, so he had to be the headliner. The headliner was C.J. McCollum, returning to action for the first time since December 4th. Um, he In that game, that was uh, a loss to the Boston Celtics, where C.J. McCollum sustained a collapsed lung. He was out for... About a month with a collapsed lung, and then a little bit longer as the Blazers just, they did the right thing, and they let him stay away from the team until um, the birth of his his child, the birth of his son. CJ's kid is out in the world, living out in the world, and um, CJ's back on the basketball court. He returned and played 28 minutes in his return. Uh, He had a minutes limit? (laughs) Why did he play 28 minutes in this game? Who knows? Um, But he, for the most part, he looked fine. Like, we'll talk about him more in the the second segment. But, um, you know, they ran early plays for him to get touches. Uh, I'm not cj's you know he's he's reportedly at least according to chauncey billups like he'd been cleared to play about 10 10 days ago maybe two weeks ago um and he was just staying away for you know family reasons and because there's like a really um contagious virus that would probably keep him out of the operating room for not to be able to see the birth of the child totally makes sense good um sort of good people stuff from the trailblazers to allow cj to do that that's um it's you like to see basketball players get treated like humans i'm, I'm all for it but uh you know since he's he's been back in that period from the collapsed lung, working out at the laser practice facility, getting in shape. Um, and, you know, I don't think this was like, Oh, CJ is really good. But there was a couple moves in the first half where it's like, He's fine. <laughs> now I'm. I'm truly not worried about him. Like a couple mid-range pull-ups, etc., etc. He finished with 16 points on seven of 13 shooting. Blazers got 13 from Anthony Simons, 13 and 10 from Nazir Little, who continues just to be a really, really good rebounder. He also had four assists in this game uh, and a couple dunk attempts. Uh, he took five free throws, this is a nice number to see. Um, but like, he tried to dunk two, two. Um, attempts that he had. He wasn't going to end up close to the rim, but he just goes up and through people and says, you're going to have to foul me or um, I'm going to scare you, and they they take the bait, and he he twice got to the rim with that. Uh, Failed the test. The Mike Richmond test of of Nazir Little's development only took two threes in this game. He's supposed to take five every single night. Plays were seven of 34 from three, um, and most of those were Ben McLemore, who had four of 10 off the bench, finished with 14 points. Um, On the Magic side, they had some players play. Franz Wagner had had 14, Mo Wagner had 14 Um, Cole Anthony had nine nine and six they're bad this is one of the worst teams in the NBA and the Blazers just straight up treated them like that Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more in the second segment I want to talk about CJ McCollum's return and like what the tank kind of looks like uh, from moving forward after we've seen the Blazers play a couple games and they've, they've won handily um, or at least comfortably. Uh, That's what we'll do in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell you all about prize picks. It is the best NBA DFS prop operator on the market. They've got more props than any other uh, DFS operator. They got all the star players. They got all the end of the bench guys, and you can bet on points rebounds three pointers made assists total fantasy points whatever you're looking for it's pretty simple uh you can pick you make your selections between two and five players you, you put them on your on your ballot or whatever you want to call it uh and and all you're doing is picking over unders just you versus the prize picks prognosticators and you say you know over under 20.5 points for anthony simons you take the over anthony hits the over you get the money it's just as simple as that i've i've used prize picks it's pretty fun uh super simple to use and and easy to set up and just to couple clicks and you can use those clicks by going to their uh, price com, their website, or they're using their award winning app. Uh, it's available in the app store or on the uh, Android devices as well. Um, and here's the deal. All you got to do right now for on prize picks is make, set up an account, make one selection. And if the player you select, say you take that over under on Amphrey Simon's points and Ant has one point in the next game, you're getting free money. They're going to give you, they're going to give you free money. That's free. It'll give you a free $50 to bet just by, just by virtue of signing up and putting in a selection one night. Pretty good deal. So, make sure you go over there and use the promo code MBA so you can get that free money. That's prizepicks.com or their award winning app available on your mobile devices. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. So, we talked about the Blazers win over the Magic. Um, not a lot to take away, but I think sort of the larger trends kind of build on where the Blazers are and that's what I want to do here in the second segment is talk sort of about the larger trends. First, CJ McCollum back. I touched on a little bit in the second segment, but like, he's going to play. Like, tonight they started Ant, CJ, Nas, Cove, and Nurk. Like, that's their starting five. And for, for the second time, I think, in in the last two games, the win over Washington on Saturday as well, the Blazers have had a, had a better team on the floor. Um, so if you're rooting for them to tank, one of the problems, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, they're just a little too talented to, like, straight up, they're just, some nights are just going to be better. They might lose some of those games when they're just better, but just, they're just going to be straight up better on some nights. And I think that's what we saw on Saturday. I mean, the thing is, on Saturday, Amphrey Simons was hit seven, three pointers in the first half. And he was just like, really, really fantastic. Um, and, you know, 26 points in the first half. He was just like, so special. And we'll talk about him in the, in the, to close the show a little bit, but like, you know, I I don't think that particular Wizards team was much better. In fact, I think it was just straight up worse than the than the team the Blazers put on the floor. Um, and that's with Ant and 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 Cove and Little and Mclemore and Nurk. And I think tonight the same thing. You add you add um, CJ McCollum that mix, who's a huge upgrade over Ben Mclemore, and you move Ben Mclemore to the bench. Like you're just um, you know you're just going to be more talented than teams on most nights and now the blazers uh who who started just 2 and 14 on the road are are a blistering hot 4 and 14 they have as many wins in their last two games as they had in their first 16 road games um that's kind of a meaningless number but it <laughs> it sounds bigger when you say it like that um i just kind of think this underscored it cj's return underscored it and 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 quite frankly cj didn't CJ looked like himself. Like he had a, you know, the first play of the game, they ran a post up for him, and then uh, I I believe they call it a Ricky screen. You uh, screen and then rescreen to get him free. Um, It was it. They set up like a really clean look and he missed it. Um, he had another clean look. He was two four from three and the two threes he missed were really clean looks. Hit a couple of mid-range jumpers, um, seven of nine from inside, missed hit a couple of mid-range jumpers as like vintage CJ, you know, just like a tough baseline getting to his spot. Uh, one in transition on the left side that he could have made too. Like this was he was very close to going something like um 10 of 13 for 23 in his return. And we're just talking making shots. I didn't do much else in the box score. Only one rebound, two assists, and a steal. A steal and a block. Is he just back on a steal and a block um, BS as he was at the beginning of the year? Um, back on his business is what BS stands for. Um, like, he's going to help, you know, because he's good at basketball, <laughs> like it's just as simple as that. So as long as this is the roster that the Blazers are trotting out, like rooting for the tank, um while that is like a an a noble thing to do is to root for your favorite basketball team to lose so they can get new players, uh, new and better new and better players. Uh it's like it's going to be tough. There's no it, there's not like a sort of a clean uh a super clean way to do it. Um but but I do think like uh you know, I, I I think part of the reason why is because of the growth of Anthony Simons. Like he's just a really good basketball player, like really, really good offensive player right now. Like um, more on him in a moment, but like between him and, and CJ, like, that's just that's just a better NBA backcourt than than teams are going to go against you know they play Miami in their next game so uh, might be harsh reality so I'm not like calling for the Blazers to all of a sudden be good I just think like when you're thinking about the tank and thinking about um, you know the maybe this team struggling a little bit um, this is this is sort of going to be one of the challenges Um. I will say that having CJ McCollum back in the lineup reminds you of sort of just the value of having another guy to create the Blazers offense. Hasn't really been a, like it hasn't, it just hasn't been a juggernaut this year. It's not like, wholly bad. Um, but it just—you thought this was going to be a top five offense, and I think it's taken them a little while to figure out what they want to do on offense. I think that's probably one of more so than the defensive stuff. One of my critiques with with uh, Chauncey Billups this year is that I think he kind of struggled to figure out what what the, his team was, was going to look like on offense. Um, some of that was a uh, Damian Lowers missing a bunch of shots, and when you miss a bunch of shots, um, <laughs> you just look worse. But the Blazers are—you know—still a middle of the road offensive team. But the growth of Ants and the return of of CJ like just in January alone they they kind of look like a team that can be um that, that can be a problem not like like I said not a lead I'm not trying to suggest that they're elite I'm just trying to say like this is a team that could be pretty good um and and they've they've kind of shown their ability to be pretty good so the tank isn't um isn't necessarily a guarantee and instead the blazers are are they're a team that's good enough to win most nights and still fundamentally flawed. They're not a particularly good defensive team. They're still small up front. They still don't have enough forwards, but like CJ helps. And I think tonight was a reminder of, 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 you know, he, he was still kind of looked like a guy kind of figuring it out but he also looked like a guy who's just a bucket like he just is a bucket and a couple of a couple of clean looks he gets to his spots against a bad Magic team and it's like a couple more clean looks drop and um, you start to say you st- I can see you ta- I can see you Blazer fan and man, maybe myself honestly um, talking you know starting people, folks starting to talk themselves into the Blazers being okay because they looked okay in this one and CJ's a big part of them looking okay you know they're 14th on the year in offensive rating since January even with uh, um, even with Anthony Simons going nuts in those games, they're only fi- they're fifteenth in offensive rating. They're about the same. Like they have more. I think they have two guys with Ant and CJ that are better individual weapons. Um, but they still they still have um, they still have some flaws. And and I think this was a game that both sort of highlighted their potential to be you know better th- significantly better than the truly bad teams, but not the that sort of not surprising you really come come March and April um it's good to have CJ McCollum back like if you're the Blazers it's just good to have him back it's find out what he find out you know um what he looks like next to Ant find out you know put the ball in his hands a bunch and let him be the guy for a little bit um every time initiated almost all of the offense with CJ on the court but there were you know Ant had 78 percent of those of those uh initiator moments and, and CJ had a little bit he's playing the two guard they're letting Ant play the one um but, you know, let let CJ is going to be a guy who gets a bunch of touches and gets a bunch of shots, and the Blazers are kind of um, settling into that. I, one of the other sort of developments on offense, they're just posting up Nurk a lot more than they were early in the year. Um, some of it, that's good, because I like the way Nurk passes out of the post, um, and sometimes he has a physical mismatch and he just dominates uh, that size. Other times, it's, you know, Nurk has some bad touches around the rim, but I think between kind of them, they're kind of figuring out what they want to look like on offense, and I think CJ adds another a wrinkle that can be both good and bad into what that offense kind of looks like as we head, um, as we're past the halfway point and down to the second, second, uh, second half of the season. Uh, I'll, I'll just share this sort of for reference. Like, um, when I was on the beat, when I did this full time, uh, for four and a half seasons or whatever it was, four years, um, uh, this stretch from from Martin Luther King Jr. Day until the all-star break is sort of like the dog days. This, this month or a little bit more, um, is, is the tough time in the NBA season because dudes are tired. They desperately need a break and it's on the horizon, but it's still, you know, whatever, 13, 13, 15 games away. Uh, So this is, this is a really, this sort of tough stretch of the year. And to have CJ back, um, to have Ant back, uh, Norman Powell on the bench tonight, he was in, he's out of protocols, but um, still in uh, recovery from, from having, an extended absence due to, due to the health and safety protocol. So should have norm back later this week. Um, if not, as soon as Wednesday, I would anticipate he plays Wednesday, but you never know. Everyone's body is, is, is different. So like this team's going to be again, like have, have some flawed talent and CJ's part of that flawed talent. What I want to talk about a little bit in that uh, to close the show is the mesh between Ant and CJ. Uh, I want to, there has, there is, there is a challenge for both guys to make an adjustment to their game and particularly for Anthony Simons to show what that adjustment might look like for him after just a massive breakout to begin January. So let's talk about kind of what's next for Ant, what's next for CJ, and what's next for the Blazers to close today's show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether that action is NBA basketball's regular season, whether it's the NFL playoffs, whether it's the NHL's regular season, whether it's soccer all over the globe or combat sports like MMA, or whether you want to just play your favorite Vegas casino games, all of that action is available at betonline.ag. And if you go to that website on your mobile device or on your desktop, you can use the promo code On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you are signing up, making your first deposit, put in that promo code On, You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about the Blazers' win over the Orlando Magic and CJ McCollum's return. Helpful, but um, in some ways too helpful because the Blazers are just going to be a little too talented to truly tank. They're going to just be stuck in 10th place. Um, a 10th place that only maybe only one team in the NBA wants, the Sacramento Kings. And uh, to that I say, come get it, Sacramento. Um, the Bla- Portland would be happy to give it to you. Not the players. The players want to win. Um, and that's, that's kind of what the position the Blazers are in they're a little too talented to be out of 10th um, but they're not quite talented to climb way out of you know they can't it's hard for them to get to 11th and hard for them to get to 9th um, so uh, I and I think 11th is a little more doable but I think one of beyond the tanking stuff because again these du- dudes and Johnson Phillips, they want to win uh, at least for now and uh, for Billups's part the players will always want to win um, but Amphrey Simons in January prior to tonight's game was averaging twenty eight and eight on hyper efficient shooting, coming off a game against the Washington Wizards when he had thirty one points and eleven dimes and was the best player on the floor. Twenty six in the first half, kind of a quiet third quarter, and then helped the Blazers take it home late just by setting his teammates up and making the like making plays. That game on Saturday, and and I didn't do a, a recap of that one because I had an uh, interview with Nate Duncan. If you haven't listened to that one, check it out. It's in your feed. But like that that comes on the heels of 43 against Atlanta, 28 against the Heat, 31 against the Kings, 23 and 11 against Brooklyn, 31, and then 31 and 11 against uh, against Washington, 28 and 8 in January. One of the top five scores in the NBA uh, to begin that season. It's six games. I know y'all. <laughs> And I know it's coming off a December where he truly struggled. But in those six games, you saw the, um, you know, small sample size, sure. But you saw those moments where Anthony Simons can be really special. His ability to shoot off the bounce, his ability to get into the paint, his his vastly improved playmaking, decision-making, uh, just like floor general, true point guard capabilities. The thing that I really wanted to see is morph into that. And he is taking those steps. You saw it. Like, you saw it. I think... I think we get a little too caught up in the numbers because I think if he had averaged twenty four and five it would be really special but twenty eight and eight is like oh my gracious this dude's a star and he looks like a budding star let's let's not get it twisted but he looked like a budding star mostly in those games um not all of those games but mostly in those games as the only high usage offensive player not named Yusuf Nurkic the only high usage usage guard um you know you lost Norm after a couple of those uh it's uh so you, it's, it's not the same, it's not the same exact thing, right? Like it's not, it's not totally comparable because Norman Powell, again, another high usage guard, but it it's for the most part, Ant was the man for about a week. And when he was the man, he averaged 28 and eight, like not too many dudes can do that. I think the, the question for me for Simons is not whether he can now at this point, not whether he can scale up. And if you gave him. All of the pick and rolls and all of the touches and all of the minutes, could he scale up to star level usage and maintain his efficiency? That's a resounding yes. That's a hard capital Y-E-S, all four capital letters, um, several exclamation points. Like, yes, he can scale up and maintain his efficiency. That's very impressive. The question for Ant, for me, is can he scale down? Can he be a 1A, 1B, and still maintain his level of aggressiveness, still maintain his high-level decision-making, or does he get into this deferral mode? We saw it a bunch last year where when he played on the second unit with a bunch of dudes who wanted to shoot, and Carmelo Anthony, and CJ McCollum, and for a long time, um, Carl Anthony Towns, and Ennis Cantor, just a whole, every single dude on the damn second unit with him was a guy who was going to shoot it, Uh, it was a whole whole boat made made full of chuckers or, or floating chuckers down the river like Ant would defer too much he wouldn't maintain his aggressiveness but I think after this you know week where he was the guy and the guy had this incredibly positive result to the point where he looks like hey this could be like a foundational piece as long as it wasn't on the Portland Trailblazers where they have a whole bunch of six foot three guards but like he looks at that good um and he certainly could be if they rearranged the, the things I just you get. Me. I'm just trying to make jokes here. Ant was really good, um, but like the question is not can he scale up. Is can he scale to the middle? Can he get to the middle where he is where he is a hyper-efficient and still very aggressive player while playing with another high-usage guard? He did it okay with Norm, but Norm doesn't want to pound the rock and run pick-and-rolls the same. CJ McCollum and Damian Lord, they want to pound the rock. They want to run pick-and-rolls, which means that Ant has to pick his spots. And I think that is the challenge for him. And the thing I'm really excited to see him going forward is not um, Ant the guy. Um, I, I think there is... And the guy was very exciting, but there is no role where Anthony Simons is the best player on, like, a, at least, like, now in the next six weeks, like, the best player a, on a, on a really good team. It's not going to happen. Um, he could certainly grow into that. Oh boy, did he give you a little, a tantalizing look into what that is? But, like, in the immediate term, like, you're not, you're just, you're, If Anthony Simons is your best player by a massive margin, you're just not going to... There's nights you're not going to be competitive. Um, I will say this. Anthony Simons is the best player by a wide margin, and they beat these... Pretty much beat the snot out of the Wizards on Saturday. So um, there are certainly a whole middle-of-the-road teams that Ant could dominate. But if we're talking like scaling up to to their biggest dreams and talking about um, Larry O'Brien trophies, Ant has to be able to play with other high-usage guards. Like, that's the challenge for him. Can he go from... You know, I think it's really wild his ability to be sort of that star level usage and still be efficient. That's really impressive. Like that's the, that's sort of the makings of someone where you're like, Oh, this dude has like really has it. And we've seen that from CJ McCollum when, when Damian Lord has been out in the past where he steps up and averages, you know, 27 and seven. And you're like, Oh, and, and CJ's had those stretches where he's been, you know, no Dame and CJ gets the sort of keys to the keys to the whole dang thing and, and looks like a, a true star. Um, and, and like, not to say like, oh, Ant is only CJ McCollum. It's to say, CJ McCollum's pretty damn good. If Anthony Simon is CJ McCollum and averages 20 points per game for nearly a decade, that is one hell of an NBA basketball career, right? Like, CJ McCollum's going to be the fifth all-time leading scorer in Blazers history if he sticks around. Um, these are special players. So the question for Ant What does he look like next to another high usage guard? Because so much of his future depends on how he, a very clearly good basketball player, can play next to other very good basketball players. That is the ticket for him. And it's the decision the Blazers have to sort of make. Can he fit next to these other dudes? Um, You know, it's it's Dame who they want to fit next to. But I think you can see it in practice next to CJ. And tonight, for my money, just my eyeballs, I said Ant didn't play as well or as aggressive with CJ McCollum on the court. I'm looking at it. I'm writing it down in my notebook. Um, I, this is absolutely how I feel. And then I went and looked at the numbers. Um, and while, you know, women lie, men lie, uh, numbers don't, except they always do. The numbers surprised me because Anthony Simons actually shot better with CJ McCollum on the court, three of six, and, and had 11 of his 13 points with CJ on the court in 20 minutes versus just one of five and only two points in the 15 minutes that CJ was out. Uh, Ant played 35 minutes, scored 13 points. Um, Oh, 05 from three, just a bad shooting night. But I thought his aggression was a little dialed back early in this game. The numbers suggest that he was actually more efficient with CJ McCollum on the court. That checks out to me. More defensive attention on other players. That's going to happen. But with my eyeballs, just uh, if we're just not even the shots going in, not even the box score stuff. But like, I thought Ant was deferring a lot and looking to get CJ set up early and then there was a third the third quarter was the best minutes that ant had in the game and it's when cj went to the bench and it was ant by himself with with the sort of familiar crew he's been playing with for a week and he looked better he got into the paint and finished left-handed he got into the paint uh and made a nice read to the corner like he, he made a drop off to nurk in that stretch like um he was uh, the drop-off to Nurk actually was when CJ got back, but he made he made a he made a, a couple nice reads, uh, threw it into to Nas and there was a foul call, or uh, threw it into Nurk and Nurk threw it to Nas and there was a foul call. But like, um, you know, he was he looked better in that stretch to to the eyeballs. So the question is is Ant is one of this is one of the stranger sort of um, scout things that you'll like you know the things to pay attention to um, that I would that that we've had right is like it's not Ant, can Ant be a star. I think we have a resounding yes, Ant can be a star. It's, can he be a complimentary part? Can he be a 1A, 1B? Can he be? Can he play with another high usage guy and still maintain all of the things that make him special? I thought Ant didn't get to his mid-range game enough. So much of his success over the last couple weeks has been not getting all the way to the rim, but his incredible touch on floaters. Um, his ability to get by guys with his lightning first quick first step, and then while he's not a great all the way to the rim downhill guy that in between touch is really special. And he's, he's, he's been killing it in that range uh, over the last month. Obviously the three point shooting stuff. It's like, he went over five tonight, whatever. Um, I would have liked to see him. There was a couple times where I thought he was um, just coming off pick and rolls screen, screen, screen with Nurk. And I think I thought he could have pulled up and he was maybe less aggressive because of the nature of his teammates. I want to see if Ant can stay turned up, can stay a guy who gets into the, into the paint, who makes a point of getting into the paint and who is a killer off the dribble from with his jump shooting ability. Can he, can he maintain that level of Ant aggressiveness next to CJ McCullough? Because if he can do an to C J, he can do an ex to Dame. Um, they're similar players, and, and Dame's probably better at getting guys involved. Is better at getting guys involved than, than C J is, um, and they just play different roles. C J is like a you know he's going to come off screens. Dame is not going specifically not going to cut off come off screens. He's gonna he's gonna kind of let you cook and then make his move uh, move from there as a, as a complimentary part off the ball. So, my my what I'm looking for for Ant over the next handful of games and who knows how long CJ McCollum's on the team could be for the rest of the season could be for the rest of his career, but it also could be days, right? Like he could be traded tomorrow morning or something. I don't think that's very likely to happen that timing wise, but like certainly CJ McCollum is, there's no guarantee he's on the team past the trade deadline. So for as long as Ant and CJ are on the court together, I want to see Ant continue to be, that superstar a level of aggression superstar level of 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 just looking for his and looking to set guys up by being the being the aggressor on offense while also being you know balancing when to give cj a turn when to give cj a chance um The way the Blazers run their offense, it's not like they were going to run a lot of actions together. They run a little bit of Spain pick and roll, stacked pick and roll stuff where the guard screens for the guard, but not much, not much of it. It's mostly um, pick and rolls, read and reacts off of that and a couple other set plays. They ran one great set play tonight where Ant almost got a dunk out of an ATO. Uh, First of all, let's see more of after timeout plays where Ant gets uh, lob dunks. That's fun. Let's see more of that. But like, their balance off each other. And so much of the way the Blazers offense has gone the second half of the year. And so I talked about the top of the show is they uh, Chauncey's kind of just letting guys more get into their comfort zone. What do you, what do you want to do? If you'll notice, he calls way more plays when Ant has the ball than he did with, uh, Damian Lord on the court. But Chauncey is a dude who wants to put his fingerprints on stuff. He's going to call sets. So, Ant is bouncing, getting that set in from the coach, finding his own offense, and then bouncing with CJ, and then eventually later this week, bouncing with Norm. I'm fascinated to see that growth because we know what he can be like when it's just him and just his show, and what he can be when it's just his show is freaking incredible. So the next step is what can he be like in getting other high-usage guys involved in the show? What can that look like? I'm excited to see Ant grow because the first little bit of 2022, he's looked so, so, so special, and now he gets a chance to take another step. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, this is Tuesday, January 18th show. On Wednesday, the Blazers play the Heat, but waiting in your feet on Wednesday morning will be a uh, midseason check-in with my friend Chuck Charles Tuggle. We did our over-under predictions at the beginning of the year. We're going to check in on how wrong we were at the midway point. And spoiler alert, y'all, we were pretty wrong. It'll be a way to check in what's happened this season and um, poke a little fun at ourselves for uh, occasionally people call me an expert on here. And what I am is someone who does a lot of thinking about the Blazers and occasionally makes incorrect predictions. Uh, so do not miss that one. Later this week, we're going to have um, one, Jason Quicks going to join the show. There's a chance There's a chance we have one other interview, but that might get pushed back to next week. We're working on it. We've got fun stuff in the works here. Five days a week, free wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Make Lockdown Blazers your first listen every single day. Make it part of your routine and then tell your friends to do the same. They can find us wherever they're looking for podcasts and on YouTube. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be right there waiting for them. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.